regardless of feeling, regardless of situation, you have God's grace and you have his peace and you have his mercy in Jesus Christ. We're going to look at the gospel lesson for this morning. From the Gospel of John, I'd like to just read again verse 3, where Jesus says, in response to who sinned, his man or his parents, Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, our redeemer, Amen. Kind of a hard message. Have you ever asked God why? Here are some of the times that I asked him for five years, Karen and her Mom and sister and brothers, family, we asked that question for five years while her dad was at Country Manor Nursing Home following a stroke, a debilitating stroke, which left him unable to speak, unable to swallow, had to be on a feeding tube for five years before the Lord took him home. We asked why. I asked that question with my mom. With dementia, Alzheimer's, the last three years of her life on a lighter side. So I was there visiting with her one day, and she was recalling the fact that she had three boys. Yep, one of them's name was Mark, the other's name was John. And she looked right at me and said, and I can't remember the name of the third one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why? About six years ago at Prince of Peace, when I was there my first time as interim principal and administrator, one of the parents, a mom, 41 years old, died from cancer, leaving behind a kindergartner and a, and a third grader and her husband. And I asked, why? Do any of those questions reflect when you have asked why? How many times have you asked God why? When was the last time you asked him why? Here's an even more daunting question, I believe. When will you next find yourself asking him why? For the disciples of our Lord, what gave rise to their question of why was their encounter with this man who had been born blind. And really their question not so much was a question of why, but a question of who. As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Who sinned? They were asking, Who's to blame for this? You see, they thought they already had it figured out as to the why. Somebody had done something wrong to deserve this. That's why. 
But then again, maybe it was because they chose to ask the question who because they just didn't have the nerve to ask Jesus face to face. Why, God, why did you do this? Now let's carefully examine Jesus' answer to their question. Jesus said, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Maybe the best place for us to begin our consideration of Jesus' answer to their question is to ask a couple more questions. In this situation, was God the cause of the blindness or was God the cure for the blindness? Was God the cause of this blindness? You know, even though this might make us uncomfortable, we have to confront and accept this as being truth. He could have caused it. God as creator is able to cause blindness. Listen as there's a conversation that was taking place between Moses and God when, when Moses had cold feet about being asked to be the leader of the children of Israel and all his excuses, you know, I'm slow of speech and this and that and the other thing. Listen to what God said to Moses. This is from Exodus chapter 4, verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, Who gave this man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Can God cause blindness? Yes. Has he ever caused blindness? Yes. There's at least two instances in the Old Testament where God caused blindness. One is when the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, the men, wanted to surround them, and so he, he made them blind so that they couldn't find Lot and his family. And another time was with the prophet Elisha where God made the Aramean army blind so as to protect Elisha and his servant. And then in the New Testament, you've got Saul who would become Paul who God made blind for three days. So yes, God can cause blindness. But is that how he typically uses his power? Does he use his power to give sinners what they deserve for their sin? And is that what happened in this instance? Who sinned, they asked, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Well, you know, while the disciples had it partially right in trying to trace back the cause of this man's blindness to sin, to someone's specific sin, pardon the pun, but they weren't seeing things accurately. That man's blindness wasn't due to a specific sin. It was due to sin in general. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean this. When God created the world, he created a paradise. This was a perfect world. Everything was perfect. There was no death. There was no disease. There, there weren't eyeglasses or hearing aids because you didn't need them. But the sin of Adam and Eve changed all of that. And from that moment of their fall, this was no longer a perfect world. It was now a fallen world. 
And as Paul says in Romans chapter 8, it is now a world that was subjected to futility, which simply means now people would die. And prior to dying, there would be illness, and there would be suffering, and there would be pain because of sin in the world in general. And that stuff does happen, doesn't it? You've experienced it. I've experienced it. No one goes through this life without experiencing suffering, loss, pain, or moments where we ask God the question, why? But this is how life is in this fallen world. It happens as the Bible says, in this world you will have trouble. Enter Jesus. As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, Jesus spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, Jesus told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Again, I ask you, was Jesus the cause of the blindness, or was he the cure for the blindness? Listen to these words from Isaiah. Keeping in mind that, yes, God does have the power to make people blind. Listen as God, through Isaiah, says the reason why he sent his son into this world. I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles to open the eyes that are blind. Yes, that man was born blind. And yes, while God, not causing it, did allow it to happen, but it happened for the very reason that Jesus said. This happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. We could well say this happened so that you and I could see this about Jesus. What work of God can you see in the formerly blind man's life? You can see that Jesus doesn't stand by idly in our times of suffering and loss. Even as he came to this man and initiated the contact with this man, so he comes to us and initiates the contact, and he lives out the name that was given to him, Emmanuel, which means God is with us. He doesn't desert us. He comes alongside of us. And we can see in this, too, in this man, that Jesus is the cure, isn't he? He is the cure for suffering. He is the cure for pain. He is the cure for our sins. 
and all of its consequences. Now something we may not see is this. We may not see, or maybe even understand this, that what Jesus does when he heals someone of a disease, he takes that disease into himself and onto himself. He takes that suffering into himself and onto himself. He doesn't just cure it and get rid of it from that person. He takes it into himself and bears it as our substitute. Listen to these words from Isaiah. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. So part of his healing of whatever it is that you are suffering, whatever it is that made you ask God why, he didn't just take it from you, he took it into himself for you. And most comforting of all, in this life, as we see Jesus doing what he was doing, he, he was doing exactly what he came to do, not only for this man, but for everyone that would be all of us who have been blinded by our sin. Jesus came looking for him in order to bless him with the gifts of faith and the gifts of forgiveness and the gift of eternal life. Jesus comes up to him and he says, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the, the blind man, previously blind man, says, Who is he, sir? Tell me that I may believe in him. And Jesus says to him, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking to you. And the blind man responds, Lord, I believe. That's the work of God. And how blessed we are to see that in this man's life. Because now we can see, too, with the eyes of faith, what God has done for us. He has taken away our spiritual blindness and given us the eyes of faith. And he has taken away our sins and given us his forgiveness. And he has taken upon himself our death. He took our death into himself and died it so that you and I have everlasting life. In Romans chapter 5, Paul also presents a picture for us of what God might be doing in our lives when we ask him why. After mentioning our joy over our hope of the future glory in Jesus, Paul went on to say this, We also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. He's using it this time where you're asking him why. He's using it to draw you closer unto himself. And for those times on this side of eternity, when we're not allowed to or able to see what God's work was, we can rest in this assurance because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. And always remember this. He's not the cause. He's the cure. 
And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.